It's all fun, fun, fun until your daddy takes the T-Bird away. This is the Fundamentally Football Podcast. This week, shoplifting, shag pads and smoking Pirlo's fags. We dissect the crazy days and heady ways in the life and times of Nicholas Bentner. Theme 11 rears its head once again. My name is Billy Stone. I'm Tim. I'm Mike. I'm Tom. Ahoy, ahoy then, boys. Here we are again, back like we never left when, in actuality, we've been absent for a couple of weeks. But fear not, because from this point on, we're here direct to your ears every Thursday morning. Now, before we jump into this episode, we need to pick a theme for this week's Theme 11. And again, if you don't know what Theme 11 is, it's where we assemble a dream team of players whose names are linked by a delightful and sometimes bewildering theme. We'll get the theme at the beginning of the show, and then by the end, we'll have come up with a stadium, a manager, and 11 players that could put Pep's best to the test. So without further ado, Mike, I believe you have this week's theme. Yeah, that's right. This week, we'll be picking a church 11. The theme is the church. A church? A church. <laughs> <laughs> church Excellent. 11 oh god that's gonna be tricky i think <laughs> that's... yeah the goalie's in isn't he? okay got the goal ready yeah he's in got the goalkeeper uh okay okay all right yeah, well, so that's the church 11 we'll come back at the end of the show and we'll give <laughs> our team now each week we like to begin the show with something from the world of football which has brought a smile to our faces tom what was it for you this week? Hi, Bill. Well, for me, the thing that brought a smile to my face was the Newcastle-Liverpool game, which was on Sunday, which was a great game, really entertaining. I, I got to watch it with my dad, who I think you know is, is a big Newcastle fan. And I invited him over with the best intentions, but a Sunday dinner afterwards and to watch the game in, in the living room. And as you know, everything was going so well for Newcastle. The, the early goal, the red card, it looked like plain sailing, but I just knew that something was was going to go badly wrong for Newcastle. You could just tell the, the way that the game was going, and sure enough, it did. And as we know, Darwin Nunes popped up with the equaliser. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share something which I think got overlooked when Nunes scored his equaliser. Take a little, uh, take a little look at the goal, a little listen. And just take notice of the moment when the ball comes off the post and Darwin Nunes runs past the goal. Beautiful subtle touch, Jota. Darwin Nunes equalises. <laughs> Did you hear the little squeal? <laughs> is it? Is it the scream? Razor sharp red. <laughs> the little scream. The the like a, it reminds me of the bit when. Um, the fat German kid in The Simpsons is getting chased by Homer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. But I tell you, he wasn't laughing. Colin. Oh, was he not? Colin was not I laughing. Bet he wasn't. Oh, my goodness. Well, luck- luckily, I'd packed uh, Reese off in the other room with uh, the laptop to watch Top Gear and made sure that the Top Gear was turned up nice and loud so Paddy, Chris, and Freddie could drown out any, uh, any bad language. But I don't think even there their good wit could drown out the, the noises coming from our living room, especially when Nunes got that got that winner. I've I, I heard my dad word, use words I haven't heard him use for quite 
some time and it, it brought back a, f- a famous incident in our house from the 1998 FA Cup final where um, Newcastle against Arsenal, um, Arsenal dominating. I went outside because I couldn't handle the uh, the the, uh, the the game in the garden. And the next thing I know, Arsenal have gone 2-0 up and Dad comes outside and boots the mop bucket and it goes over into next door's garden. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and he was sent round to go and get it. <laughs> he had to knock on like uh, his ball had gone over. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And had to explain why why the mop bucket was in uh, was in next door's garden. So that's why it brought a smile to my face because the squeal. But then um, poor dad and his outbursts reminded me of that of that very very funny moment uh, from years how, ago. How I want I don't know if I could make that noise. It's like a hyena. It's noise. a very mm, weird, yeah. high pitched, shrill squeal. It's oh, it, it kind of put me on edge a bit. But um, yeah, I actually don't think I could make that noise. But it's good to know that. It's a young goat, young mountain goat, <laughs> a, kid. Yeah. a kid. It's a little kid, excited boy, exactly. Excitable. Um, okay, it's, it's a good. It's a good moment of the week. It's very good, Mike. Yeah. What have you got for us? Right. So this week, I was really pleased to see um, a clip of Paul Cook doing the rounds uh, on social media. So he's an experienced EFL manager. Uh, I think he's at Chesterfield now, and I've been aware of this phenomenon with his voice for a while. Um, but it, his voice changes during interviews, so. Let's just have a little listen to this clip because this is the best example I've ever heard of it. Um, so let's watch it now. Have we played well? Not particularly. Was there a lot of chances in the game? No. You know, Oldham clearly come to get behind the ball and frustrate us, which they've done really well. You know, for us, our keeper hasn't, has he made the save? You know, I don't feel we've worked Oldham's goalkeeper anywhere near enough, but it looked like it was Peter now to a 1-0 win. <laughs> but unfortunately, at the end there, it can't go on. You know, when fans come on the pitch in the modern day world, we've got to protect the players, guys. We just have, you know, I'll always be biased. You know, all of them have got fantastic supporters. You know, what I like about this is, I like, I don't, I don't know whether it happens every time he speaks. I want to know that. I also want to know, I also want to know if he knows it's happening. I just feel like he needs to just clear his throat a little bit. So I'd like to ask him those questions. And I also like his interview technique. Because he just asks his own questions and then answers. He does. He does. I, that oh, is so good. He's so emotional. I don't, I don't... <laughs> it's, it's almost like when you've like you've had a cigarette and you're about to talk and you can't because <laughs> yeah. the, the smoke's in the back of your throat and his voice goes mad like that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> but it happens. It happens so much that I could send on fifteen interviews where it happens. But that's the best one. And I'd, I'd like to know what question the interviewer asked him. <laughs> I, I'd like to think it was just like, and then he's gone into a monologue. Did we play well? Mike, no. has, any, has it ever been Very sort of good. brought to his attention and has he ever tried to sort of explain? Yeah, I think we're scratching the set. I'd like to find out. I've got a lot of questions. I don't know the answer to them yet. He must know he does it. He must know. Well, we'll message him. We'll try and find out. But you'd think so, go, right? I'm not sure he's on social media. Okay, lovely stuff then. Tim, have you got a moment of the week for us? Yeah, I have, yeah. I've got, I've got a few moments um, that were 
um, I was thinking about that I was building up to, mostly about transfers, because obviously it's still going on at the moment. Um, there was a great one with Mourinho, I don't know if you saw it, where he took a picture at his training gown um, and he had an imaginary person in between him and somebody else which was supposed to be a striker because they haven't supported him in the in the transfer market. <laughs> that was that was really really good. Staging, um, yeah, a fake signing of a tourist dress. <laughs> Classic Mourinho, uh, so good. Uh, and then the other one was what went on at Malaga. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yes, you see I that? love it's, this. That was amazing. I love this. That, <laughs> no idea. That was. I was I watched that a few times. That was comedy gold. Um, but then I got sent something today, which was really <laughs> really good, uh, which is Harry Kane doing a promo for Bayern Munich with some of his team members. It's a very sort of um, English person in in Germany hitting the stereotypes, wearing lederhosen, but it's just absolutely brilliant. And there is a real hint. <laughs> there is a real hint of a slight uh, German accent when talking in English. And I'll just see if you can spot it. It's, it's quite subtle, but this is... Already. This, already. And I think and this is going to be the start, hopefully, of something very special, continuing on from the uh, the likes of Joey Barton, Steve McLaren. But it's just a hint. It's very subtle. But uh, anyway, it's just a, it's a hilarious clip. So, uh, yeah, H- have a watch now. It tastes better than it looks. Yeah, for sure. A little bit, yeah. The shorts are a little bit tight, so um, yeah, look, it's a new new outfit. I've never wore one before, so uh, something to get used to. Mine are a little bigger, I think, but he looks. Uh, I think he looks better in the the outfit than. Tim, what I really like about that is. Thomas Muller is teaching Hurricane how to cut into a sausage, like he's like he's never seen one before. <laughs> <laughs> you can understand like a player going to the first bit's the hardest yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a player going over to um career maybe and learning how to eat ramen soup properly but <laughs> harry kane cutting into a sausage like he's never cut into a sausage before <laughs> diagonal cut the diagonal cut very important <laughs> i I always find yeah. it weird how no matter, you know, we see footballers week in, week out wearing shorts, but you whack them in something that's not football shorts. They look so strange. Harry Kane looks really fucking odd in those shorts. <laughs> yes. Really, really odd. And they could injure themselves opening them bottles oh, of beer. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Luckily, that's maybe why they didn't get uh, the goalkeeper to do it. Yeah, oh, maybe, right. maybe. That was uh, Alfonso Davis, wasn't it? It was, it was Canada's very own. Um, very good. I mean, yeah, I think it is only a matter of time until that accent comes on. Um, very good, very good. My moments of the week were, um, well, at the time of watching it, I was like, oh, that's a bit weird, and then. Um, they had to apologise because of uh, they were it was pretty insensitive, and I didn't realise what it was at the time. But when it was um, Bill Leslie and yeah. Andy Hinchcliffe uh, were commentating on the Everton game, uh, which is four nil against Villa, and Sean Dyche was wearing the black armbands, um, 
because uh, tragically Michael Jones had um, passed away. He got injured um, while working on the construction of the, um, oh, the, the one of the stands, the new stadium. Um, so obviously, like it, it's tragic. But they, at the time, I was just I was cracking up. So he's there in his white shirt and he had the black armband on, and they couldn't help themselves. They were going, "Oh, he looks like looks like a croupier, doesn't he? He looks like a croupier. Should be at the casino." And then they just couldn't help themselves, right? And it was literally about, I don't know, 20 seconds after, and Bill Leslie goes, I wonder when he's going to roll the dice. (laughs) 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 I was like, oh, God. Um, So there's that. And then, obviously, we've all seen Robbie Williams singing the new Ange Postacoglu song. Am I right? And through it. um so good so good um but my main one is from it's not actually from it's from a couple of weeks ago now but it's um when uh in miami are playing nashville in the league's cup final and it goes down to penalties and it gets all the way to the keepers and my I like this because I'm just so excited to see how commentary progresses in America because they've already got their own way of talking about things, their own words to describe things. And I it just it, it excites me. So I'll play this clip now. How about a game of goalie wars? Calendar versus Panico. <laughs> oh, my goodness. From Drake Calendar told us yesterday he took some PKs, took some penalties at training. It's just, I just, I just find it so incredible. comes <laughs> on, it's, it's, it's time for some goalie wars. <laughs> goalie wars. I'm all for it. Goalie wars. Goalie wars. Now get, get ready for some goalie wars. It was a great penalty. Well, Mike, as the commentator said, he'd been practicing PKs all week. <laughs> PK. So I, that, that's my moment of the week, and I'm just I'm super excited to see um, how can... American commentary goes from goalie here. wars. Could catch on goalie wars. That sounds like yeah, a when channel... it gets to the goalkeepers. <laughs> sounds like a Channel Five program coming up. Goalie wars, and of course, and of course, if <laughs> if he scores this, we're going to goalie wars. <laughs> 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 I can I can open up a whole new language. You can have specialists of like goalie wars. You can have like sergeants and lieutenants. <laughs> Tim Krul. Goalie, goalie wars. It reminds me of oh, I, I just finished watching the, the uh, Wrexham uh, documentary when it goes to that game uh, against Grimsby in the playoffs. And uh, it's four four after uh, 
normal time and it goes to extra time. And Ryan Reynolds says, I've got absolutely no idea what happens next. And then the chief exec explains, oh, it's like it's two halves of 15 minutes. And Ryan Reynolds goes, "What? So it's not a straight shootout." And he goes, "No, no, it's two, two, two hours now, with fifteen minutes." And then Ryan Reynolds goes, "Is this sport trying to kill people?" <laughs> <laughs> so funny, brilliant. Oh, oh brilliant! So, yeah. Those were our moments of the week, and we are going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Right, for our next feature, from time to time on the show, we're going to do a bit of a, a bio on um, some, well, footballers or people in and around the game. Shout out to football cliches there. Um, but this week, we're going to be looking at the life and times of Nicholas Bentner. Now, to, I feel like I should preface this with the fact that in Bentner's house where he grew up, he had the Bentner family's 15 rules. Okay, so if you think of Bentner, you think of a huge amount of self-confidence. Well, rule one on the Bentner family rules were you are to think that you are something special. And rule two is you are to think that you can do what you want. Okay. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like I just need to chuck that in. Okay. Uh, before we, we get into it. Um, and also uh, Nicholas Bentner's father, he didn't set a good example. Whenever Bentner made a mistake on the pitch, it was his dad that always blamed someone else for his mistakes. So he never had that accountability and that, probably has something to do with how he led his life so he from a young age he, he signed for his um his hometown fc copenhagen um and but he was always a bit of a uh, a, a troublemaker or a a rapscallion shall we say he was caught shoplifting he was caught um having a fight with some local gang members um, there was one incident, incident where he broke into a building site and stole a crane. This is while he's a, he's a he's a youngster. A crane. <laughs> FC Copenhagen. Yeah, a crane. How do you do he, that? He stole... I mean, you you have to be skilled to be able to drive those. You need like quite a bit of training. <laughs> well, they stole a crane, um, but he joined the Arsenal Academy in in two thousand and four. Um, and he, he moved in with a family that had previously housed Jermaine Pennant. So I don't know if that's a foreboding sign because there's lots of parallels and lots of scandals between the two of them. Um, but Nicholas Bentner carried on getting into trouble. Um, you know, he was 60, 15, 16. He was, he was hanging around in the local shopping center, mostly with, um, Joanne Juru and Fabrice Muamba. Um, and being being 16 at the time, he still had to go to class. Um, and this is a nightmare for Nicholas Bentner because he hates it. He hates going to class and doing school. So he was always bunking off. And Pat Rice actually caught him hiding in the ladies' toilets at one point to avoid <laughs> going to class. <laughs> What was I don't Pat know why Rice he chose those ladies' toilets. <laughs> 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 um, leads to more questions. Pat Rice actually looks a bit like an old lady. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where's Bentner? I'll go check the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Yes, uh, but they know me in there. They know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as I said earlier, like Bentner's got this, this huge self confidence, and Arsenal actually use these psychological tests to determine their players' mental abilities in relation to their footballing qualities. Um, and one of these categories is called self-perceived competence. And that basically means how good the player himself thinks he is. And on a scale up to nine, Bentner got ten. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy doing the test said he'd never seen that before. Pat Rice was sitting next to me and couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Pat Rice, he's always there. He's always sad. He's always there. Never signed of why maybe things went wrong. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> in a year later, it's now May 2005, um, and Bentner says this. He says, in May 2005, I'm able to sum up my first year in an Arsenal shirt. I have scored 12 goals in 18 games for the under-18s and five goals for the reserves. Increasingly, I'm training with the first team every week, and sometimes I forget that I am just on trial with the big boys. During one session, we're playing 11 v 11 with a maximum of two touches at a time. I'm standing in a position to see Thierry Henry touching it three times. Three touches, I shout. <laughs> Wenger's assistant, Pat Ryan, shouts back, play on for fuck's sake. But Henry... Henri has heard me. He turns in my direction and puts his finger over his lips. Shh! Shortly afterwards, I do the same. The ball touches my heel and then my toe before I pass it on. It's one movement, but for me, a free kick against me. But for him, nothing. So I just start complaining big time. I say it should be the same for everyone. Henri tells me to shut up. This time with a lot of swear words included. <laughs> so he's already going after the big dogs. He's... he's, he's so um he, he as i say he gets this reputation as a troublemaker and in 2006 he gets loaned to birmingham he's 18 again same as jermaine pennant the parallels um, and birmingham at the time are managed by steve bruce and he moves into jermaine pennant's old apartment now this apartment <laughs> <laughs> this apartment was was used for by birmingham for their loan players um but it was also used amongst the first team players and it was known as the shag pad. And basically it was the 15th, it was, it was, well, it was a 15th floor tower block in the center of Birmingham, white leather sofas. And it was used when different first team players uh, wanted to cheat on their significant (laughs) others. And um, Bentner said, Bentner described it as they're ringing the bell. Like I'm running a whorehouse. So that's that's how Bentner felt at the time. Um, but it's also around this sort of time that he discovers strip clubs and he becomes like super enamored with strip clubs and he's going pretty much every night. And and Steve Bruce at the time catches on and he calls Bentner into the office and he goes, Nicholas, I've, I've heard the rumors that you're always in the strip clubs. Apparently you were out in the strip clubs four times last week. And Bentner goes, I'm sorry, boss. It's, it's just not true. It was five times. <laughs> <laughs> this is the person we're dealing with. Um, but, you he's know, he's going 18. to these strip clubs. 
he's 18 you know and 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 steve bruce says this he goes look he goes you're 18 i understand there's plenty of temptations but you just need to start taking it a bit easy and taking your football more seriously and i think it's time that you settle down with somebody unfortunately for steve bruce this does happen um because he settles down with a, a fine young woman but maybe less fortunately for steve bruce it's his daughter amy <laughs> <laughs> Amy, Amy Bruce also also dated Jermaine Pennant at a time. No way. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now he, he only it, what about Pat Rice. No, no, no dating Pat Rice. Um, but um, Nicholas Bentner only went out with Amy the first time because he was having a, a thousand pound bet with Gary McSheffrey. McSheffrey basically said, I bet you can't take Amy Bruce out on a this? date. No way. And that's how they uh, they got together. But, you know, all, <laughs> all told, <laughs> all told. Steve Bruce is actually delighted. Uh, Bentner is is happy. He's enamoured with Amy. You know, they're going. He's going for family dinners at the Bruce household. He's watching football with Alex Bruce on a Sunday. Um, he goes on holiday to Barbados with Bruce's. So a, um, a bit like the saying, Bill, you'd rather have him in the tent pissing out of it than him pissing inside the tent. <laughs> Exactly that. Exactly that. You know, for for Steve Bruce, he's killing two birds with one stone here. He's, he's players yeah. on the straight and narrow, you know, and um, his his daughter's is with someone. Well, but, well, Bill, it sounds he, like he's going to go on to have a great career now. Well, you you think that, right? You think that because um, he he's loan he's loan spell at Birmingham ends, and he goes back to um, he goes back to Arsenal, and he moves in with Amy to Princess Park Manor, which is in Bushy. Now, Princess Park Manor uh, was notorious back in the nineties. With you know, like Busted, Girls Aloud, Ashley Cole, Jermaine Pennant, they all sort of stayed there. It was one of those places, right? Um, what is it like an apartment he, block? Sorry, Bill, like an apartment block. Yeah, with all those yeah, people I think there, it's like one of them swanky. With all those people there at the same time doing nineties things. That is brilliant. You naughty. You can just imagine the and noughties. Would have been yeah, noughties. You're right. Noughties, yeah. it? Girls Aloud, Busted. You're right. You're right. Noughties. Um, <laughs> But it doesn't work out with Amy in the end. And he breaks up with her while Steve Bruce is on holiday in Marbella. Um, and by all accounts, Amy calls up her dad and Steve Bruce spends the rest of the time on holiday consoling her. Um, and and then Nicholas Bentner goes on a bit of a hot streak. And I don't know if there's a correlation there between moving into Princess Park Manor. Um, but he does. It goes on a hot streak. But it's not all fun and games because one night he wakes up and he hears a huge crash. And he looks out the window and a girl that he'd been seeing at the time had thrown a cobblestone through the back window of his Porsche. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if she lifted it straight from the ground, but that's what he says. He says it's a cobblestone. Um, <laughs> another girl claims that he's got her pregnant. Um, and basically what happens is he said a lot of this is a quote from Bentner from his book. Um, a lot of crazy things happen in Bushy, especially in the months after Amy is out of the picture. <laughs> One of the girls I've been with comebacks and claims I got her pregnant. But there's a price if she's going to do something about it. What does that mean? I ask. You've got to pay for a new pair of boobs for me. I want my titties fixed. <laughs> so he ends up playing, paying the plastic surgeon for a, for a boob job. Um 
after this in his book, he he then laments the gold diggers from the nightlife scene. So, um, which means that from that point on, that he only went with prostitutes. Um, and he said, <laughs> <"Yup."> <laughs> "What a moral man!" He said, <laughs> "Well, <laughs> you're probably wondering why prostitutes are such a widespread phenomenon in professional football. It's pretty simple. It's because it's less ris- risky than picking up girls in the town. You hardly dare do the deed with a civilian any longer." do the deed um but it's 2007 now and he's having in his own words a a bad spell of luck he's he's had a a really bad car crash and destroys his aston martin and he loses a lot of money at the casino um he said i'm way too drunk to sit at a table that much i get but roulette is a different matter red black red black how hard can it be After 90 minutes, I've lost £400,000, money I don't have. My bank account is overdrawn and I'm bankrupt if my luck doesn't turn. I stagger into the loose and splash water on my face. Then I find a cashier and get another £50,000 worth of chips. So he's he's having a tough time of it, you know. I mean, it's all self-inflicted bad luck, but, you know, it's happening. So naturally, he does the only thing that he would. He, He... hops back to Denmark and goes and sees a clairvoyant and (laughs) (laughs) she she decides and tells him that the source of his bad luck was his shirt number number 26 so he goes back to Arsenal and goes he goes to Arsene I want to change my um my shirt number and Arsenal's probably thinking, oh, Christ. Well, you can't have 14. Thierry's got that. He goes, no, I want 52. He's just doubled it. You know, he changes to shirt 52. Okay. And he, he's back there and you think, fine, luck's in. Doesn't work. Um, in his first Premier League start, he gets sent off. A few weeks later, um, now, now Bentner and Adebayor never got on and the, the, the nadir of this came in the 5-1 League Cup defeat to Tottenham which they ended up fighting on the pitch and basically Adebayor headbutted Bentner and bloodied his nose they went back to the dressing room um, well we tried to talk it through in the dressing room but not so much in words more something else <laughs> that was Bentner's words <laughs> so they both got fines um and that was the end of that um but they didn't really have any encounters from that moment um but he became a bit of a comedy figure along with him and uh Maren Shamak um and the Arsenal fans can't really stand him but he does score 47 get 47 goals in 171 appearances and he's mostly a That's sub bad. so it's not too bad yeah it's not too bad um roll on 2009 now he begins dating and has a kid with uh, a Danish baroness, Caroline Luell Brockdorf, who is said to be worth more than £400 million. And this is how he gets his name, Lord Bentner. Oh, um, right. But he's still struggling. You, you remember that really? when he's when he's called Lord Bentner? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm. So he's still struggling for minutes at Arsenal. So one day he gets a call on his phone. He looks at the number... Steve Bruce has called him. Oh, no. He thinks, oh, no. But, oh, no. Uh, but Steve calls him and invites him up to Sunderland on loan. And um, 
<laughs> he, go, he goes to Sunderland and the first day Steve pulls him aside in the canteen and he had a chat and he goes Look, Nicholas we, we've known each other a while now I've been watching your career it's time to take things seriously and Nicholas is like yes boss of course I'm a changed man first week he moves into the Hilton Hotel his mates come up for a night out they go to a nightclub and they see Mario Balotelli and his mates. I don't know why Mario Balotelli is in Newcastle, but that's where it's they not are. Not a good mix okay. already. Um, but <laughs> it's not. But they, you know, they they go their separate way. Nothing really happens, and they go back to their hotel with some girls and they're drinking wine. And one of Nicholas's mates, Alex, goes and gets some ice cubes. And about five ten minutes later he comes back his face is all red it's all puffy and basically he'd bumped into mario balotelli who along with his friends had roughed alex up and chased him down the corridor by throwing ice cubes at him (laughs) 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 nicholas fentno is not happy he storms out and he goes and has it out with mario balotelli and we don't actually know what happens after that but there was a bit of a fracas um but that didn't stop him because the next night, the next night, there's a, a wedding, a wedding party at the hotel. And Nicholas, he decides he's inviting himself to the wedding um, and he punches a wedding guest, knocks him out and gets arrested. He's <laughs> the last person you want and to this... turn up at your wedding. <laughs> it's, what's he wearing as well? He didn't go down in a in a suit, did he? Like he's not he's not dressed up for the occasion. What's he wearing when he gets there? Um, but so yeah, he knocks him out, gets arrested. This is all the first week at uh, Sunderland. Um, <laughs> but then Steve Bruce made him promise something else. He goes, Steve Bruce. He pulls Nicholas aside again and goes, "Look, Nicholas, we've got a, a lad, a really good lad. He's our captain, Lee Catamol. <laughs> you and Lee, it's not going to work." You two need to stay away from each other. Do you promise me you will? Of course, boss. No probs. Nicholas Bentner moves out of the Hilton and he moves to what he says is the most expensive street in Newcastle. Um, And then as soon as the estate agent's gone, Bentner's mobile rings. And there's a voice on the other end. He goes, try going upstairs, a voice says. Nicholas goes, why? Just do it now. Okay. Go into the big bedroom, the one that overlooks the street and open the window. As he opens the window, he can see someone waving at him from the house diagonally across the road. It's Lee Catamol. Bentner and Lee Catamol become best mates. They go out drinking all the time. Uh, One time on the way to the casino, they end up running on the top of cars and booting off wing mirrors. um, And they're both charged with vandalism. Um, but yeah, he does. He does. He does all right. At, um, he does all right at Sunderland. There's another story about how um, he he basically said we weren't going home until the next day. He was at this hotel, and once the hotel corridor fell silent, two of us snuck down into the bar. We got talking to some local girls, and suddenly we decided to skinny dip in the indoor pool. It turned out the pool had a slide, and before we knew it, we'd started our own internal competition. One couple would judge the other on the way down the slide while having sex in every possible position. <laughs> <laughs> at the next training session my mate showed up with his knees glowing bright red he'd torn up his skin when he took his girl doggy style <laughs> um, this is this is now 
this is now 2012 and then we've got the infamous incident at the 2012 Euros when they were playing Portugal. They lost 3-2, but Nicholas Bentner scored two goals for Denmark. Um, but most of the attention was focused on his celebration uh, when he pulled down his shorts and he had the Paddy Power boxers on. Um, so he got he got an £80,000 fine for that. Um and then he was actually meant to join Crystal Palace on transfer deadline day. And um, he was sat there with Steve Parrish and Ian Holloway at Sellers Park. Um, and, and Wenger called him and to tell him the deal was off. He basically said, um, look, we can't sell you. We can't get the striker we want. So you're going to have to play back up for us this season. That's your job. And then Bentner put the phone down, really disappointed. And then within five minutes, he's rung back and he's calling... Uh, He's calling Wenger a wanker and an arsehole. Uh, <laughs> that always, that always seemed um, to be the way that he always was on the edge of a move and then Arsenal would get an injury to a striker and then he was, it, it got called off. It, it always seemed like that always happened. How, how did it he did, play for so long? Did. I don't know how he played. He wasn't that good, was he? And if he was doing all of this, surely, surely schemes would have got rid of him. Well, you say that, Mike, but the old lady come knocking because he went to Juve after this oh, on loan. Juve, I forgot somehow about Juve. He got, he got, <laughs> somehow he got a loan to Juve and he only made eight appearances for Juve, but it kind of, it, you know, it, it, it shaped him really. So on the first day, he was walking from the canteen to the dressing room and he starts smelling smoke and he, he's like, you can smell cigarettes. He goes into the bathroom Pierlo, Marquisio and Vidal smoking fags, sipping espresso so Pierlo, Pierlo offers him a fag and of course if Pierlo offers you a fag you're going to take it and that's how Nicholas Bentner started smoking so he started smoking from there um, he was uh, when was this? 2013. He went back to Copenhagen for just just on like a day trip or for the weekend uh, while he was on loan at Juve, and um, he was drunk driving and fined ninety seven thousand pound and got a three years. Um, he was banned from three years. Um, went back to went back to Arsenal in 2014. At this point, he's 26 years old and he thinks he goes. He's not playing in the game. Um, they're playing Bayern in the Champions League, so he's like, right, I'm going to go to Copenhagen and watch it with my mate. So he's going there and Arsenal lose, and uh, they all get in the cab and they're kind of winding the cab driver up a bit and they're uh, mucking around with the radio and you know they get into a bit of an argument. And um, now these are the cab driver's words. Bentner drops his pants and rubbed himself on my taxi whilst whipping the car with a belt and yelling, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) My word. Um, And this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a reoccurring theme because um, a few years later, he does a runner from another Copenhagen cap driver from a £4.80 fare because the driver went the wrong way. Um, and the cab driver, he, he, he drives after him, catches him and lobs something at him. Um, and then Bentner ends up lamping him in the face, breaks his jaw, does a runner and gets arrested and placed on house arrest for 50 days. Um, he, at this point, he leaves Arsenal. Okay, He spends two years at Wolfsburg before an underwhelming campaign with Forrest. Um, he then... 
He then goes to Rosenberg and he helps them win two back-to-back titles, winning player of the year in both campaigns. He actually scores 23 goals in 44 matches. Mm. Um, He was a bit angry at one point because he had to put his house up for sale, his £2 million house, because um, someone had flown a drone into his garden and spied on him watching a Harry Potter marathon with his then girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So he, he he was a bit annoyed at that. Um, but then after that, he joins his hometown club, FC Copenhagen. Um, and he really only makes a handful of appearances for them. Um, and he retires at about 30, 31, 72 goals in 296 games. Um, and after he's retired, he, he actually becomes a massive celebrity in Denmark. Um, he recently had a TV show, a reality TV show with his partner at the time, because he's now dating a Miss Sweden from Miss Universe competition. <laughs> I thought you were going to... Um, but that was a reality sorry, TV show. you were going to say a yeah, Miss Sweden from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, from Miss Universe competitions. <laughs> um, and the last we hear of Nicholas Bentner, apart from obviously his autobiography, is that he is now running a prank show similar to Punked called Nicholas Pranker. <laughs> and <laughs> that is that is the life and times of Nicholas Bentner. We didn't really touch on his footballing ability. Need to. But my God. What a career. Bill, what were the other 13 rules, Bill, on his wall? Oh, I don't know, Mike. I don't don't know, Mike, unfortunately. Um, They were the two most important ones. Number 10 was probably treat cab drivers with disdain. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, arrested like three or four times. Like, he breaks people's jaws. He's just an absolute... Is he a wrong-un, though? Or is he just a... uh, a, a young footballer that just got trapped in the whirlwind. No, he's definitely a wrong one. He's definitely a wrong one. He's, do, he's doing things at an age where he should absolutely know. I think he's clearly twisted and messed up from his childhood. Yeah, that's true. He, very true. Yeah, yeah. Very true. My favourite, though. What's your favourite, Bill? The slide. Oh, my favourite is Bentner drops his pants and rubbed himself on my taxi whilst whipping the car with a belt and yelling, fuck me. What? Nah, the slide. The, in- <laughs> the, the slide's the good. Slide. The slide's good. <laughs> oh dear, the slide. He would not have. He would not have lasted past 20, 21 years old. That guy's lucky there weren't smartphones invented. I also like how Steve Bruce has got so much patience with him. Yeah, I didn't know Steve Bruce had such a big part of his life. Right. Steve Bruce's daughter. How? What? What's she gonna feel? He says, "Look." I'm bringing him back to Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you explain that one to your own daughter? Yeah, it would be. Now, Amy Pet, have a sit down, Pet. I've got something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Malaga all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that is the, the life and times of Nicholas Bentner. Okay, cool. Let's take a break. We'll catch you in a sec. Okay, and now it's the time you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Theme 11. Now, before we get into it this week, we've had some submissions from last week. That's right, and it, boys? Who do, who do, who do we have? Uh, I've got some from Twitter here, but 
sorry if you if you can't remember last week sorry it was um it was boating and sailing 11 and <laughs> mike what have the people said well chris chris martin we, we probably the biggest omission uh george boateng george boateng oh very oh, good yeah. very good uh, and he also goes on to suggest Alberto Aquilani. Nice, like that one. I I like it. Like that one, and I really like this one, Darius Vassell. Vessel, Vassell. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite. This is very good. Uh, and very then good. Uh, there's two more that I really like as well. This this is from another Chris Chris Lines. Gibral Cisse. Cisse. Yes, I like it. Cisse. And uh, Henning Iceberg. Henning Iceberg. Very good. Very good. Mike, Mike, can you remind the good folk at home what this week's theme is, please? Yes, it's the Church 11 this week. The Church 11. Okay, there you have it. So let's kick things off with a stadium that they'll be playing at. Has anybody got any suggestions? Okay, so we've got Easter Road, Vicarage Road, St. Mary's Stadium, Alight or Priestfields. Where are we going to play? I like it. Okay, manager. Has anyone got a manager? Go on, Mike. Who you got? Got. Okay, I've had more time to think about it, but I've gone with Tony Pulis. <laughs> Very good. I was thinking good. man uh, of the man of the cloth, Jurgen Kloff. <laughs> but that's a bit of a stretch. It's too much of a stretch. I... I went for nineties Tottenham legend Christian Gross. Yeah, see Christian is yeah. a good one for the it's, uh, it's easy I, though, isn't it? It's too easy, we, yeah. Do we save the Christians for, for the team? Because we, we need one Christian. I think we can have one Christian. I'm, I don't one think Christian. we should waste on Gross. He wasn't a very good manager. Tony Pulis? Pulis I like. Okay, so we're having Tony Pulis as the manager. Can we can we have can we have an owner? Can we have Steve Parrish as the the owner? Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh, brilliant. Cool. Love it. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Right. Great start. Let's get on to some goalkeepers. Keepers. Tim, have you got a goalkeeper? Surely, surely only surely only one contender, isn't it? The Pope. Nick Pope. There's more than one contender, but he's the, he was the first that sprang to my mind. What about... Okay, what else? What about... Had a great tournament over the summer. The Virgin Mary Earps. Virgin Mary Earps. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like it. I like it. Yeah, Mary Earps. Tickle me. <laughs> Mike, have you got a keeper? I've got two, actually. I've got... Um, Mark Crossley, oh, nice keeper, and, nice, and a great keeper, and um, Edwin Van der Sarm. <laughs> fantastic, Edwin Van der Sarm. It's, it's got to be Van der Sarm for me. It's 
I've got I've got one, but it's not beating Van der Sam. I had Massimo Taibbi, but it's got to be. Oh, I like that as well. That's Edwin like that. Edwin Van der Sam is in net. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, all right, let's move to the defence. We'll decide what formation, depending on what players we've got. Uh, Tim, you got any defenders? Yeah, I got a few defenders. Yeah, uh, Jose Font. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, I, had I had him. I had him. You had him. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> this one's uh, less convincing. Playing next to him, uh, Vestrigard. Vestrigard. Yannick Vestrigard. <laughs> Yannick Vestrigard. Okay. Okay. How does that one? I don't get that one. Vestry. 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 Ah, the Vestry. That is good. Yeah. I'm not sure what the Vestry is actually, but I know it's something in the church. <laughs> vestry. Um. Okay. Like so there's a. So we've got Jose Font and Yannick Vestrigard. Uh, Tom, who you got in defence? Uh, former Middlesbrough man Steve Vickers. <laughs> Very good. No nonsense. Yeah. Very Pulis good. Anyone him. else? Ben Crosswell. Ben Crosswell. Who's Ben Crosswell? That made up. That's an AI name. Uh, it's Cresswell. Ah, Cresswell. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Oh. Aaron, yeah, not Ben. <laughs> ben Chilwell. <laughs> Ben <laughs> I'm thinking of Ben Chilwell. <laughs> sure. What okay, a you play. What a play. You got Eesh. any other defenders, Tom? Uh, just checking my list. Oh, now I've got... I Did you know that... Uh, I'm going to say the name Gavin Peacock, and you're going to go, why are you saying Gavin Peacock? Because he's, he's now a man of a cloth himself he in is. Canada. He Which is. we can he then is. add to that. Okay, Philip Mulrine. Phil Mulrine is another one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. X United. Not, I'm not sure they fit with a theme, though, do they? It's the name, isn't it, that does it? That's right. I agree, Mike. I think you're right. I think it's got to be the name. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of defenders here, Bill. Go um, on, then. I don't know if this was just us, but if I said uh, Ibue, what would you... What Emmanuel. Did we, just give him, the did we give him the nickname The Vicar? Or is that, <laughs> is that his actual <laughs> nickname? Do you remember that? I do remember that. He, was, he was really upright, wasn't he? Yeah, I think we gave him that, didn't we? <laughs> it was. And he's got the name Emmanuel. He does. Yeah, well, exactly. So it works on two levels. But I, could, I couldn't remember if we gave him that nickname or that was a nickname that was widely known. Couldn't remember. Uh, and then I've got Harry Maguire as well. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's like, well, now, well, this could change. Harry McQuire is brilliant. Very, <laughs> Harry very good. Because we could be playing three at the back here, and I've got an excellent wing back. Well, that's interesting because I couldn't think of any wing backs when I was doing it. Well, I've Go got on. one who sort of works on two ways. On two ways. Uh, Victor Moses. Oh, great. It's really good. What a wing back as well. Yeah, that's a great one. And then I think, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll do. Well, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. No, I've got another one, but Let's I just feel like. Countdown. No, 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 that'll, that'll do. do. Yeah. That'll do. So I thought he's a midfielder. 
Okay. In which case, then, we've got Jose Font, Yannick Vestrigard, Steve Vickers, Ben Crosswell, Emmanuel the Vicar Ibue, Harry Maguire, and Victor Moses. Now, we've got a pick. We've got, a, I think, Jose Font, Harry Maguire. Definitely. I think Vickers and... Uh... Could Vickers get in there? Vickers, yes. Vickers makes sense. And then you could have Victor Moses on the other side. Have a bat four. Not Yannick Vestrigard. Vestrigard should play. You make it make a five at the back. <laughs> we got a pick between Victor Moses or Yannick Vestrigard if we're going four at the back. Moses. Let's play five at the back. Moses. Let's play five. Yeah, the back. I like Moses in there. Okay, four at the back. Right, let's move on to five, five at the, the midfield. Uh, Jose Font, Steve Vickers, Harry, oh, right, and Yannick Vestrigard. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, five at the back. Five at the back. Let's <laughs> move on to what, the midfield. exactly what Pulis would want. Five at the back. And, also, <laughs> and the church. And the church is The church are very defensive. Very defensive. Very, defensive. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very traditional. Very conservative. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. For midfield, Mike, who you got? Uh I think my f- I've got I've got three. My favourite one is probably Isle Berkovic. Isle Berkovic. Okay. Nice. Go on. I've also got um uh probably more so at the top of the diamond, probably Julio Baptista. Excellent. Oh, Baptiste, yeah, <laughs> he was a good player. Yeah. And uh, outside of church, you got the graveyard. So I thought Thomas Graveson. <laughs> Graveson, a very rich man, Thomas Graveson. Real Madrid, he? he is. He made but, a lot of money uh, after football. Which, um, uh, yeah, when when you want a bit of an anchor in there, Mister Leeds man himself, Danny Pugh. <laughs> Danny Pugh. <laughs> He, he could play, left. but we've already... He could, but we've got Pewless and Pew. Confusing. Yeah, could be. Your messages. But it's good. Have you? Have you? Have you got any more, Tim? Um, I'm not quite sure where he played, but I've got not as good as the other ones. I've got um, Brad, um, Paul Pittman. I right, Brett. Paul Pittman. Brett Paul Pittman. <laughs> Brett Paul Pittman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I don't like nice. to say. There is, there is. Yeah. You got anyone else in that in that that midfield? I got which player isn't there? Chaplin. Connor Chaplin. Connor Chaplin. Surely. Yeah, I think you'll find he uh, is a Portsmouth player. He used to be. Connor Chaplin is good though. Okay, Tom, who you got? Uh, but I've only got one midfielder. Uh, for would play well with uh, Van der Zarm, actually. I can see them reuniting, and it'd be really nice. And that is uh, him, Yonk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, him, Yonk. Um... <laughs> Very good, very good. Uh, I've got, I've got Shandon Baptiste, but he's probably not as good as Julio. So, and 
Ian Bishop. Yeah, I was trying to think of a bishop. Yeah, Ian Bishop, of course. Colby Bishop as well plays in the lower. Yeah, Colby Bishop. So if we're we're playing five at the back, realistically, what we're going to do, we're going to play two in the middle. So it's like three, four, three. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we yeah. we need to pick two out of the following, okay? Ile Berkovic, <laughs> Julio Baptiste, Thomas Gravison, Danny Pugh, Brett Pulpitman, Connor Chaplin, Him Yonk, and Ian Bishop. <laughs> I think I think we've got to play three in midfield. There's too many good ones there. Five three two. Yeah, we need three in midfield. Five three two. Five three two. Five three two, yeah. Okay, what three? Yeah, but I'm... Him Yonk has got uh... to play. <laughs> him Yonk. Him Yonk's in there. Okay. <laughs> I've become very attached to Ile Berkovic over the last like... week. Yeah, Ile Berkovic is really good. <laughs> like Ile Berkovic. <laughs> and so then that leaves either Julio Baptiste, Thomas Graveson, Danny Pugh, Brett Paul Pittman, Connor Chaplin, or Ian Bishop. Pittman was a striker, so you can't have him in, in a three. Yeah, that's true. I like Ian Bishop. We, we can t- he can come into the conversation with strikers. Yeah. Um, Baptiste wouldn't get. Baptiste, he wouldn't get in a Pulis side, would he? No. no I, I, I guess yeah, not. Baptiste. Baptista. Baptiste is good. Who's a Baptiste? good player as well? Okay. Who's a good player? Mm. That's the three. Okay, so then we need two up top. Um, I've got a few. There's an obvious go, one. There's an obvious yeah. one, isn't there, Bill? Have you got the obvious one? What, Gabriel Jesus. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. he's got to be. Yeah, it works. He's in there, man. It works on two levels. Um, we've also got Tammy Abraham. Pretty obvious one. Um. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I hadn't thought of that. That was brilliant. <laughs> no, that wasn't obvious to me. And bit of a stretch, but we've got Leo Messiah. Leo oh, Messiah. That's not bad. <laughs> not quite. And my personal favourite, Garden of Eden Hazard. Yeah, that's really good. Garden. <laughs> That's good. I'm not sure you nice. you wouldn't find it in the church. Maybe yeah, you would. I guess I guess you way. might find it in the church. It's linked Bill. to the church. You might find it in the church if you were reading uh, very important texts in the church. You would find in every church, which would be the uh, Ryan Bible. Ryan Bible, very good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you got any more, Tim? No, I had uh, Jesus, Brad Paul Pittman, maybe. Uh, that's it. That's it for me. Okay, uh, Tom. Uh, the only other one I've got is uh, Christian Vieri with the Christian thing. Mm. Italian, kind of looks like he belongs in the church yeah, he does he does but i just love ryan ryan boy <laughs> <laughs> um and mike have you got any up top uh well when you said gabriel i thought gabriel batistuta would have been a good one as well oh, nice. and uh the only other one i had was brian mcbride 
That's a good one. He's got a point. I love that. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is hard to pick two from. Okay. Um, Gabriel Jesus, Tammy Abraham, Leo Messiah, Queen, uh, Garden of Eden Hazard, Ryan Bible, Gabby Batastuta, Christian Vieri, Brett Paul Pittman, and Brian McBride. <laughs> I'm now wondering if Jesus is too obvious. I think I think Jesus and Tammy Abraham might be too obvious. McBride <sighs> and yes. it's tricky. We need three up front, really, don't we? Maybe we. Is do, it, we drop... is it, do we need to go back to the defence and cut some defenders out of it? Do we drop Victor Moses and go for a, four centre backs? <laughs> and Nick McCarthy. <laughs> <back forward. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Pulis kind of back four as well, to be yeah, fair. It is. That's tough on Yeah, I, I, I can... I, yeah, it's tough on Moses. I agree. I agree. It'd be first sub. It, but... Yeah. Okay, we'll go back four of centre-backs. That means we've got to pick three then. I'm assuming Ryan Bible's in there. Bible's in. I really like um, Bible, McBride, yeah. I really like. Ryan McBride's yeah. very good. <laughs> very good. So then we need one more. If we're saying... Gabriel Jesus and Tammy Abraham are too obvious. Christian Vieri and Gabriel Batastuta are probably too obvious. That leaves Brett Paul yeah. Pittman, Leo Messiah, and Garden of Eden Hazard. I'm leaning towards the pit, <laughs> the Paul Pittman and Eden Hazard. Yeah, Garden, one of those two. Garden Paul, of Eden Hazard. Pittman is good. Yeah, I like Paul Pittman. And it is, it's very linked to the church, that. I mean, you, it is. you go to a church, there's the pulpit. That's true. Okay. Right. Okay, there we have it then. That is the Church 11. We are playing at Vicarage Road, managed by Tony Pulis, uh, owned by Steve Parrish. In goal, we have got Edwin van der Sam. <laughs> Four centre backs. <laughs> Four centre backs. Jose Font, Yannick Vestrigard, Steve Vickers, and Harry Maguire. A midfield free. <laughs> A midfield free of Ile Berkovich, Julio Baptiste, and Him Yonk. And up top, we have three up top. We have Brett Paul Pittman. Brian McBride and Ryan Bible. There you have it. That is the ultimate church 11. If um, if you think we've missed some corkers off of that list, or maybe, you know, or you just want to get in touch with, for whatever, but mostly for the theme 11, if you think we've missed some off, please let us know. You can email us on fundamentallyfootballpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, fundamentallyfootball, on TikTok, fundamentallyfootball, and on Twitter at fundamentball. Fundamentball, that is. Um, has anyone got anything else they want to bring up before we get out of here? No, nothing at all. Okay. Well, 
it looks like that's it for today folks as always thank you for listening to the fundamentally football podcast and just like matt letissier we're kicking things off again next week for a brand new episode packed with more theme 11s a brand new feature called kitbag conundrum and much much more tom say goodbye goodbye tim say goodbye And Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This has been the Fundamentally Football Podcast. David, take us out. Hello, my name is David Ginola, and you're listening to the Fundamentally Football Podcast. See ya. (laughs) 